Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy, Rob. I hope you're doing well, Rob. I am, man. I am. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. I, I, I'm feeling very positive about JMU tonight, um, and I'm surprised because it's always the, uh, <laughs> as big of fans as we are, it's always the non, like, it's the off-court, off-field stuff that gets me that always draws me back in. So I'm excited to talk about that tonight. Good, um, good. Yeah, yeah. As always, uh, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the shop in uh, in Harrisonburg and mention the podcast and you get a free Mossy Creek sticker. Some cool new ones with some, I don't know, all kinds of trout on them, Rob. Yes. <laughs> you can explain that to me, but yes, very cool stickers. Uh, and hopefully we'll have some good Mossy Creek stuff coming up. Um, but they've got all kinds of stuff going on. And now is the time, people, for our angling community. Uh, it's February 13th. It'll be the Valentine's Day when most people listen to this. Um, get in there now because, you know, come the end of Book March, it's going to be crowded. And yeah. right, there's not going to be any more sales. Right. Yeah. But everything's on sale now and there's plenty of spaces on the trips. So, yeah, go see our friends at Mossy Creek anytime and say hi to Brian and Colby. Um, they may come up later in the, in the show tonight. Um, Rob, I don't know. You get a chance to watch the Super Bowl last night? Yes, I did. I was very pleased with the outcome. Yeah. As a me too. You know, I, I, I mean, if you're a fan of an NFC East team, this is not the yeah. SEC. We don't cheer for the <laughs> like all out. No. You know, I would expect no, you no, to no, cheer, cheer like hell against the, the Giants. I would cheer yes. against the Commanders, the Cowboys, the Eagles. You know, so yep. it was. Yep. I, I actually, I, I find Jalen Hurts to be a very easy guy to root for. Me too, like and I like story. Devontae Smith a lot. Yeah, yes, like, um, they, but I yeah. can't root for them. Uh, yeah, I, I really, I, I really, I thought Hertz was just such a strong example of leadership. The, the way he handled that situation with Tua at yeah. halftime of Alabama, and I just, I think it's really cool the way that he kind of went into Philadelphia and earned that job, and even entering the season had a lot of people doubting him. Um, yeah. All that being said, man, it was awesome to see them lose. You know. <laughs> Especially to Andy Reid a little bit. Yeah, yeah like, it was just great. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes yeah. kind of like a couple of years ago, I don't want to say like I was losing my love for football, but it had just kind of gotten into like, oh, wow, it's going to be Brady again. And then Mahomes came on the scene, and it was such a breath of fresh air. Like that first year that he was starting, I guess his second year, yeah, was like the most fun I'd had watching football yes. maybe ever when it wasn't my team. You know, like I'm sure yeah. you've got yep. – Washington memories that will never be topped. And I certainly have my Giants memories. But just watching a neutral fan, like there's some players like Barry Sanders was the guy. Like if you like football, yeah. you love watching him. That's what I feel oh. about Mahomes. Now, now that might wear out oh, yeah. because it looks like he could win several more and he's going to be certainly in the conversation for MVP year in, year out. But it's just, it's just a joy to watch him play. And I thought last night was awesome. 100%. I thought that was a really great game by both teams. Like it hurts like great. It was great. Um, I couldn't believe Hertz he was, was the, the first best player Alabama. in the game. Yeah, and like, the first it, Alabama player to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I couldn't believe that either. That blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, blew my mind. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's hard because Hertz was by far. I, I thought he was the best player in the game, and yeah. unfortunately, like he had the one play that you know had one mistake was, that... was incredibly significant. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and then it was kind of funny. I actually talking to some Philly friends today, a couple guys that I know. Um, you know, for all the complaints about the bad call, I have to give Philly fans a little bit of credit. Like, my, at least my two friends did acknowledge, like, 
Kansas City scored touchdowns on every possession in the second half. Yeah. Like, like at some point you just have to stop, get a stop. <laughs> like, or they didn't score a touchdown on the last possession because they didn't have they like, to. They chose, yeah. they chose not to. Actually, that was a Sunbelt guy, Jarrett uh, McKinnon, right? Um, mm-hmm. who, went, who went down at the one-yard line, like, very smartly, you know. Um, There's me one time, though, that that burns somebody. It is. I thought about it last night, too, because I'm like, man, if he just goes in, they're up seven, right? And if they don't go in, right, and Butker had already hit the upright on the first field goal, you know. (laughs) I know. I know. I I know. There's some, especially on that field, which Mm -hmm. kudos to you, Rob. Um, Your your, uh, outstanding work on the Twitter space last night um, with uh, the, apparently the NFL recruited the Chattanooga 2004 grounds crew. To yeah, get I, I was surprised they got a reaction. I, I would have assumed that that was tweeted 500 other times before we tweeted it. So um, no, kind and, of a pleasant I, surprise. I was also pleasantly surprised that like we have enough old guy fans that kind of appreciated that. That remembered that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they remember that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's uh, been a minute. Yeah. The other great thing last night, Rob, I mean, halftime was really fun, but I think the Chris Stapleton anthem, I don't, this is what I was going to surprise you with at the beginning of yeah. the show was that kind of completed my Mount Rushmore of anthems. I, yeah. I don't know what you thought, but like, to me, the Whitney anthem will always be the best. Um, the Pre-recorded Marvin, though. And I think Stapleton was live. Right. The Marvin Gaye. NBA All Star Game, game. Anthem, yeah. in terms of non traditional, is yeah. like my all time fave. And I mean, I do love the Jimi Hendrix, like just going bananas kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> even though like that's kind of weird and not even American, right? <laughs> but the Stapleton one last night was awesome and a, a true, like, I don't know, that was it was like a unifying thing <laughs> in this weird time, right? For all the other crap, you know, and the broadcast was good, the game was great. I mean, I don't know. We both in our house, at least we walked away being like, how are they going to replace Greg Olson? Who was so good with Tom Brady? Who's I thought he not- was very good. And I know it was, it was weird because when we tuned in, like when I, when I turned the game mm-hmm. on, I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, for the first time. And as long as I remember, I was like, I have no idea who's going to be calling this game. You know, I didn't know who the, right. It's who not Fox's Bucket number one. It's not it wasn't Bucket Al Michaels. You didn't have Romo. And you know, like, you don't know this. Yeah. Like, was it Burkhart? Was the other guy? Like, Burkhart and yeah, Olsen. And Olsen. Yeah, like Burkhart is just kind of pleasant, middle of the road. He's not, you know, I, I personally, I really like Kevin Harlan, who does the radio yep. calls. I think he's great. But Burkhart was really good on the punt return. I felt I like he was ready for that moment. You know, I like, really enjoy Olsen. I think Olsen, yeah. like, oh, he's really good. I, I think he's really good at explaining things. He's not over the top. Like, people have mixed opinions on Tony Romo. I, I, I have pluses and minuses with him. I really liked Olsen. I, I thought he did a very good job. Like on the one throw that Mahomes really missed, he did a very good job of explaining that like the receiver looked in, it was the wrong anchor point and it looked like a bad throw. And he's like, no, Mahomes threw it to the right place. The receiver lost his way. Just simple things, but he doesn't like beat you over the head with just like, I'm so smart about no. football. He just explains things in the course of the action. Um, that That's really it's also like, yeah, that's just insightful, but it's not this like, I'm smart football kind of way that sometimes turns people off. So no, I really liked him. Yeah. No. And he's like up to date with the fact that like Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid are coaching a different game than even like five or six years ago. Yeah. You know, just in terms of the way they use timeouts, the way they're thinking about 
fourth downs, all that stuff. Like, and so many of these old guys, you know, just get Bill Cowher and they're just like, rah, 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 you know, just yelling at people. <laughs> like, well, even a little like, bit. The ball. And you're like, don't do this. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, Reed is a pretty, yeah. you know, obviously a pretty progressive coach in a lot of ways. He's never been great with time. No, he's always been terrible. Like clock management. Term, you know? right. um, he wasn't even good last night, but no. he was good on those two uh, fake jet sweep. Like he had he two was. wide Bill open Barn, receivers. Bill <laughs> like, Barnwell's column day talked about how like he basically won it with motion in the second half. Yes. And they showed it like just creating things to get Kelsey, you know, to, to create switches. It's similar. Like you do like a pick and roll in basketball, oh, yeah. you know, like you switch it. No. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was a fun game. I yep. mean, a little bit anticlimactic in the ending because it was just yeah, waiting definitely. out. Yeah, I, um, I know. But it still was – Reed and the coaches did a masterful job in the second half, I thought. For sure. And I Sirianni, mean, I mean, if you're an Eagles fan, how can you not love that guy being your coach? Just It's like four-down yeah. territory every time. I've never seen a more effective um, QB sneak. Like, they line up, and it, it I feel like they should just do this every play and just get two and a half yards. But like, oh, I can't tell you how much how I think about – in terms of JMU, you know, going forward, I thought, I mean, and I'm sure everybody's thinking this too, like they have decided that like, we don't have to get 10 yards in four downs. We just have to get like eight and a half yards in three. Yeah. And then we'll deal with like, it's, I don't know. It just simplifies the game so much in a weird way. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're going to, yes. I assume at some point they're going to have to change this rule on the push of the quarterback because it's yeah, completely it, it unstoppable little, right now. I mean, going yeah. back to the Reggie Bush, right. I mean, the whole thing, it's completely unstoppable. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I but it was a fun though, game. I, I don't no. know if, if James speaks for the younger generation of fans, but he hates the Eagles like a good boy, although he kind of trolls it for me mm-hmm. to get under my nerves. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he's a Giants fan. I mean, so he's, he was rooting for the Chiefs as well, but he loves the way Sirianni coaches. He's like, man, if I was an NFL coach, he's like, I wouldn't even have a punter just four downs yeah. all the time. Like it's, it's a fun way to you, – you always feel like you're in the game. And those situations, like he was going for it – what do you want for it? Like I think in minus territory, like four, hits like 46 or Fourth something. and five right around the midfield, yeah. Midfield. Yeah, like, that's I think what it was you're like, supposed his, to do. You're supposed to do that. It's the right move. It's a good move. Especially like, when you have Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, but, but even three or four years ago – I nope. mean, remember when Belichick did it in, that, in the Monday night game years ago? He's like, it's 38. And it clinched the game, but people were freaking out. And like, yep. that's when all the smart football came out and they had to show the math. Like, it's the right call statistically, but it yep. still was her- heretical. You know, it was recently three, four years ago. Oh, yeah. You've never I mean, done 40 territory. I think you and I even enjoyed this year, even in our own little world, right? Signetti at FBS mm-hmm. was much more willing to follow the analytics yep. and be aggressive there than he was at FCS, where I think he felt like, well, we'll win this eventually, we'll get it you know, back. like yeah. we'll get it back or we'll stop these guys or whatever, you know, but this year there was a lot more and I'd like to see that continue. So yeah, oh, fun too. game, fun season. And by the time most of you listen to this, we will be at exactly 200 days to kick off in bridge four stadium um, for the 2023 JMU season, which is kind of exciting. <laughs> so I don't have anything else football wise, unless you do Rob. Um, no, just no, another fun yeah. season. I guess we got Danucci kicking off this weekend, and we do. I think he's which is he USFL or XFL? I can't even XFL Seattle Sea Dragons. I think uh-huh. he's not the only JMU player. Is Rashard Davis? Ish or ish? Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, we're going to have to figure this out. I know Danucci is quarterbacking the Sea Dragons because he put a post up about it today. Um, And that's this weekend, XFL. So that will be fun to follow along and we'll get caught up. I guess we'll all get caught up in the next week or two with all the JMU guys playing in the other leagues this offseason, which is good. Um, We'll start with baseball, Rob. Just to mention the Saturday is opening pitch, first pitch for baseball. Jamie Baseball they just Saturday. changed the, the first pitch time, I believe. They moved it to 2 p.m. The good news is that also puts it on ACC Network. Um, I guess it freed up time in the basketball schedule. Um, so they'll be at Florida State on Saturday at 2. Uh, obviously, you know, weather dependent, but that's pretty cool to be watching baseball. Um, and we'll knock out softball right now. Uh, disappointing first day for softball. Probably not as disappointing as like some fans. A lot, a lot of people were like really upset about this. They lost four three to Chattanooga and two nothing to Indiana State. Didn't um, Chattanooga win never... tournament last year? What's that? Chattanooga's yeah, and not... I just I mean... felt like like they lost. They, it wasn't the pitching. Like they lost four three and two nothing. At some point, you got to hit. Yeah, and they, you know, they have a a true freshman in KK Mathis as their like sort of stud hitter. And, you know, she needs a game or two to like, she got a hit in the second game. Like I felt like, you know, your first college game, like, eh, let's, let's hold off. You know, we don't need to freak out. They, they need production from the middle of the lineup. They, Hannah Shiflett was good at the top of the lineup. They got some good production from Bella Hensler and others at the bottom of the lineup in the first game. Um, and then they got rained out three straight games. So like, I, I don't know. We got to like calm down and we'll give them another week. It's got to be frustrating for them. I know they were like in a hitting cage for two days, you know, hoping mm-hmm. to play again, and they didn't get the chance. So we'll, we'll see. Let's let's give softball a little time. They, if any program deserves it, it's them. Um, really cool game, Rob, in your neck of the woods. Um, Jamie Lacrosse showed up in this first game. They yeah. lost 14-9 to, I mean, this North Carolina number one, North Carolina team is as like much of a number one, like they're an overwhelmingly number one preseason team, like sort of in the old school, you know, the way that some, you know, UNLV college basketball type number mm-hmm. one. I mean, they're really a heavy number one. And Jamie was down seven, five at the half, 14, nine at the end, um, played really well. It was 12, nine at one point in the fourth, uh, had cut it back. Uh, Bella Peterson had five goals. She had three in the first quarter. I thought what was cool was she had three early to kind of keep JMU. She was like the offense for JMU early in the game. Mm-hmm. But they started to figure it out. Some other players like really stepped up a little later. I think Ty Jankowski had three goals. And the true freshman, Maddie Epke, had not only a goal, but she had six draw controls. JMU outdrew and outshot. North Carolina in this game, they outshot North Carolina 23, 19, and they outdrew them 16 to 11 for anyone that remembers like the JMU national championship team, their ability at on those draws, um, Haley Warden and others was the most important thing for that team. I mean, there's just in the shot clock world, like more possessions wins, (laughs) you know, I just felt way better coming out of this game than I have with some of the other early season losses. Taylor Marchetti had a draw control or two as well. Um, just a really solid performance. And looking at the American, I thought it was cool. Florida beat the hell out of Michigan this weekend. Um, Florida's ranked seventh. Vanderbilt is now in the top 25 also after ranked, upsetting yeah. 
Yeah, after upsetting Colorado and Temple was receiving votes. So Jamie's going to have a, I mean, this isn't like, we're not playing Drexel and, <laughs> you know, whoever anymore. Like this is a legit conference. It's going to be fun to watch this team. Uh, they play Wednesday night, also on the ACC network. So Wednesday night at five against Virginia, at Virginia Tech. Uh, so you get a chance to really watch this team and then they come home or it's not really home. They play in Maryland over there at the soccer complex where the spirit used to play. They play UConn this Saturday. Um, but just generally, I mean, 14-9 to UNC in the first game of the season is, I felt like they looked really justified as the number 12 team in the nation and like no reason to think this, there's anything but good things ahead for this program. So yeah, I, really I think that's the right way to look at it. You know, uh, um, I mean, yeah. this, this team, so, this program is past the point of moral victories, but um, UNC is a tough opener and they certainly handled themselves well. I think there was some talk about, I think even UNC's coaching staff had made a couple of comments about like they had, they had explored options to open the season beyond JMU in the last couple of years. Yeah. And many of the programs they approached um, politely de- declined. Won no part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Wanted no part of that. And JMU was the one team that like consistently has been like, let's go, you know, mm-hmm. we'll find out where we are. And I, I don't know. I just feel really confident in this group and that, you know, we've seen them the last couple of years lose this opener to North Carolina. And it was like, we were trying to find, like you were said, the moral victory. This didn't feel like a moral victory. This felt like Bella Peterson might be the best player on the field. And this team looks really good. I mean, they just competed with North Carolina in a way that, I don't know, just gives, got to give, make them feel a lot better going forward. So mm-hmm. we'll see this week. Proof will be in the pudding, but we'll see. Um, Rob, let's go to men's basketball next, and we'll save women's basketball for the for the heart of this. Um, I'm going to let you take this one a little bit. JMU lost on Thursday in a very yeah. frustrating game, 76-73 to yeah. Georgia Southern, a game where they came back all, all, like multiple times. Um, Edwards had a very good game. Edwards, a player. Came storming back. They were down 10 late. And they came yeah. all the way back to tie it. Yeah. And Morse, who had been like looking injured, hit three threes. Three. Like yeah. came in and really it's weird because I actually thought to myself, I'm like, they lost this game, but Morse finding his groove again might be a bigger story than winning or losing the game because they really need him. Um, but yeah, it was a really frustrating game. They didn't they just didn't play well. <laughs> I don't know what to say. And and then they came back from significantly down on Saturday to win at Coastal 73-66 um, in a game I think you got to watch a little more than I did. They have, and, and after all this, like all of us like gnashing our teeth and being nervous and being yelling at this team, they're still sitting in the four spot in the yeah. conference. What are they? 18-9 um, overall, 9-5 and five in the conference. They're one game back of both Marshall and Louisiana who – they play Louisiana this coming Saturday. They're a game up on Troy and ODU. I mean, Southern Miss is going to win, probably going to win the conference. They're 12 and two, but you want to be in that top four for the double bye, as we've talked about. And they're in great shape. I mean, I don't know. Can you be in better shape than just sitting in the four spot coming home for your last four? I mean, their last four games are at home at the Atlanta Union Bank Center, which I'm going to get to in a second. This is an, awesome opportunity 
they play OD. They host ODU Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. We know that's going to be a fun student crowd, right? And then they host Louisiana on Saturday. I mean, these two, you win those two and you're in great shape here. Uh, and then they finish with Marshall and Georgia State. So, I mean, they play Louisiana and Marshall, the two teams who are a game ahead of them. And they play ODU, who's a game behind them in this last four games. And all four of those are at home. I mean, it's a frustrating group, but I don't, I don't know what more we could hope for at this point, right? Yeah, they've dealt with a lot with injuries yeah. and everything. You know, yeah. it, they have enough. We're now Strickland's out for the year. Um, it, in some ways, like frustrating, I guess, is an appropriate way to characterize it. But they've also shown a lot of grit mm-hmm. and resiliency through all this stuff. So, like, I, I didn't think the Georgia Southern, obviously, it was not a good one, but I didn't think that was a must win game. There was a lot on the line for Georgia Southern. They're a decent team. I think they're sure. 500 in the conference. It was yep. at home. You had the Byington story. The Coastal one would have been a bad loss. So I was glad they came back and pulled that one up. That would have been kind of a backbreaker. Coastal is not good. Um, excuse me, sitting down near the bottom with like Georgia State and Arkansas State. So it was nice they pulled that off. But you said it right. They've got they've got some winnable games, or they've got big games ahead of them against teams right around in the standings. If they win, it'll really lock them into that top four. And that's really all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just really fun. I mean, we got to watch this Thursday and Saturday, both games are at 7 PM. Um, just encourage everybody to watch and I don't know, root for the Dukes. I, <laughs> you know, they beat ODU last time out. If they win these two this week, that will really set up a fun final week. And I thought it was funny that I thought both Jack and Bennett and us on Thursday at the Georgia Southern game, we all were like, Every time they draw us back in, they just kick us in the <laughs> teeth, right? But those those were the last road games, and they're coming home. They haven't lost. They've played really well at home. I don't know. I just – I'm still really hopeful with this group. I don't – I mean, Southern Miss is a great story at the top of the conference, but there's nobody that scares me. I mean, there's nobody JMU couldn't lose to, but go get it, fellas. I mean – Getting in the top four is all that matters. We keep saying that, and that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So that's men's hoops. Um, Rob, I got a lot to say about women's hoops. I don't know if you got a chance to watch, but I did not. The women's guys. program, guys. Okay, so um, they are now, I'm trying to figure out here. They won both games this weekend uh, or this past week. They won Thursday. Um, over Louisiana, 65-59, and then Saturday, 70-57 over Arkansas State. Those were essentially their last two home games. They do come home for the last, the senior day doubleheader um, two weeks from Friday. Um, women's program for all the like, eh, what's going on? They're 20-6 and six overall and 10-4 and four in the conference. Like they're, Troy's 11-3. and three. So JMU and Texas State, JMU, Texas State, and Old Dominion are all 10 and 4. So they're a game back with four to go. What? Four to go. And Southern Miss and Louisiana are a game behind them at nine and five. Actually, I bring it up, but just because JMU goes on the road for most of these games, that Georgia Southern and Marshall are eight and six behind that. So it's a real kind of log jam at the top. Um, but there's no doubt that JMU is a game out of first. They've got huge week coming up. I mean, absolutely huge week. So they're tied with Texas State and ODU, and that's who they play this week 
at Texas State at ODU. Um, JMU beat ODU first time around this year. They have not played Texas State. Uh, but if they want to win the conference, they got to win these two games. And they still have an outside shot. I will say Troy, who's 11-3 and three at the top of the conference, has a, I mean, just cupcake uh, ride to the end of this regular season. So Jamie really, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's going to be tough to catch them. Um, they'd probably need to go 4-0 to catch them. But at, at the same time, they're playing the two teams they're tied with for second. They need to stay in the top four, same as the men. They're in great shape. I mean, I got to figure, I mean, you split them, you're, you're in good shape. You win both. You're sitting pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if they win both, they'd have a real good chance to win the conference. Um, but I got to tell you, Rob. So the big thing I got to talk about tonight is I got to go to the game on Saturday. So I was at the Arkansas state game when JMU won 70 to 57. Um, it's my first trip to the bank, Rob. It's incredible. <laughs> it's so it's good. Real- Oh my gosh. I mean, I know I'm like two years late to this, but it was so much fun. Um, had a, had a, got to have a proud and true, got to watch the game. Um, was way easier than football. Crowd was awesome on Saturday. JMU was doing such good things. It, they played well start to finish. I don't think Arkansas State was ever within like, I, I don't know, after the first quarter, they were never really closer than like four point four or six points. Um, Jamie really controlled this game I, from a game standpoint, a couple comments. I, I really, they got to go. I, I'm sure our favorite coach O is thinking about this, but when they clear out one side and they just go to a two player game with Kiki and Susha Kozlova, those two are deadly. I mean, they're really hard to stop. They're both obviously have some size. Kozlova's, she reminds me of like a, a prime marching Gortat Wizards. Like she just rolls to the basket. She passes well. She catches well. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't make everything, but like she's just a smart player. And her and Kiki on the same side are just, I mean, they're unst- they're just large enough that they're both, it's unstoppable. Um, uh, Gourmand played really well. She also changed shoes at halftime from purple shoes to awesome gold shoes in the second half. I don't know what that's about, but it's awesome. Um, I just thought the team played really well. They had a lot of fun out there. Crowd was really good. JMU's doing some awesome stuff. They had like high school kids sitting in with the pep band. Um, Rob, I thought you'd appreciate this. The, uh, the diaper derby is undefeated. The halftime, the baby race. Oh yeah. The, the, there's a crawling thing. Yeah. The baby race is incredible because the worse the baby race is, the better it is. <laughs> like, I don't need it to actually be a race. Like, the best part is when the kid like starts, takes three steps, and then turns right and goes to the sideline. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just fun. It was awesome. Um, but the reason that I actually was at the game was, and this is what I wanted to talk about. It's Rob. Okay, so you know, with us, we love these teams. We root for JMU crazy whether it's football or basketball lacrosse whatever it is um we're into it but it's always the small things that bring me back that really kind of refresh my love for dukes and this weekend it was jamie has been running this so it was now i think it was like women and girls in sports day on saturday it was so they had a big program for sheila mormon which was really cool 
at halftime. Um, but they also, you know, there were other teams, uh, field hockey and soccer and stuff had like clinics and stuff throughout the day. But the thing at the, at the women's game on Saturday was they did the Duquette for a day program. And two of our friends um, had their daughters do the Duquette for a day program. And it was, it was so cool. So first of all, you, you know, our friend Suzanne, who um, there were three generations of Duquettes basically um, in the, in the Wogish extended universe at the game on Saturday. It was awesome. Um, our two friends, so Layla, they're Brian and Suzanne's daughter and our my friend Tanya and Matza's daughter, Maya, both did the, did the Duke for a day thing. So they bring a bunch of girls in, you know, they get t-shirts and pom-poms and they learn to do a little routine or sort of learn to do a routine and they get to have lunch with the Duquettes and like hang out with the college girls. And, you know, for these kids, they're like seven years old. It's the biggest thing in the world. (laughs) And then they perform at halftime. They do this little dance. You know, none of the kids know what's going on. But I was so impressed. I was blown away by how much the current Duquettes, and, you know, you and I don't talk about them on here much, but they like took care of all these little kids. Like they all sat with them during the game. And then they bring them out on the court at halftime. And then they bring them back and like take pictures and have pizza. And I don't know, but they like really look out for, I mean, there had to be 40 little kids in this program and there's only like 15 Duquettes or something. I don't know. It was so cool. I mean, there were a lot of like tearing up parents <laughs> as the girls came off the floor. Oh yeah. Like, it was a really fun program. And our, our friend's daughter, Maya, you know, we were concerned that she would not be able to like, kind of, I don't know. She just had the best time and big, big shout out to current Duke at Annie, um, kind of really looking out for a couple kids and making sure they had a good time. And it just, it's such a reminder that like, I don't know, the whole college experience is bigger than just the football program or the basketball program, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and just such a fun thing. I mean, these kids are like, I mean, they're literally like beaming coming back up the stands after the thing at halftime, you know, and people are cheering for them and everything. And the current kids, the kids on the squad now, they didn't like, they were very humble about it and cool and just very, I don't know. They only cared whether the little kids were having fun. Like It was really cool. And, you know, that's obviously not why you sign up to be a Duquette, but I just, I really loved it. And I was really impressed with that for JMU um and and they're doing a good job in terms of like you know like I said the high school kids were sitting in with the pep band the elementary school kids were on the Duquette for a day thing like that's pretty good recruiting for your school like that's a lot of advanced legwork on the marketing department there you know I don't know I was just really happy and it it made it was really like kind of proud to be a Duke moment um for us so that's awesome. Big thank, yeah. Big big thanks to Annie and Kelly Wogish and all the Duquettes. Um, you know, it's just great to see. So, yeah, it was really fun. And I just, Rob, I cannot tell you, like the arena. It is like night and day from the convo. From the convo. I mean, oh. God love the convo. But like, <laughs> actually, our friend Tanya, her daughter Maya, who was in the program, she graduated with me from JMU. So class of 99 
And she knew her daughter was going to be in this program. And she didn't, she actually just, you know, she's not a big fan. She doesn't pay attention like we do. She didn't realize there was a new arena. <laughs> like, like she was like, I just assumed we were going to the convo. And then we were not a big, like, so I guess the, the girls like practiced at the convo, but then they come over for the game to do the halftime thing. And she was like, we came in for the game. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, Quite a contrast. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my, this is the real arena. You know, like this is really cool. And uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. I mean, that the women's basketball season tickets are like $45 for the season. It's $95 for the club seat. Like it's, that's pretty wow. hard to beat, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's we going to the movies ten, like four times. I, I mean, yeah, we paid ten dollars a piece for a ticket this week, and it, I was like, "This is great. This is really solid entertainment for a couple hours." Like, you know, I had a proud and true, sat with some friends, watched Kiki play a really good game. <laughs> like, I don't know, crowd was really good. I think it was their second largest women's crowd at the uh, since they opened the new arena, which was great, but. And and I'm sitting there thinking, God, can you imagine? I can't even imagine what the UVA men's game was like last year. You know, this place full is going to be really loud. I mean, it, it just, it's really, really good. And I can't wait to get back for other games. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's the main thing I wanted to come on and talk about tonight. So anyways, <laughs> I think I'm, uh, yeah. But big thanks to the Ducats. Great game for women's basketball, both men's and women's basketball. Everything's still in front of them. So we'll see what happens these last couple of weeks. Um, and I don't know. You got anything else, uh, Rob, on sports front? I know tennis won a few matches, but that's I don't have anything. I don't have much I, I else. I got nothing, man. No, no, I was kind of all over the place um, yeah. with like family activities and then just focused on the Super Bowl. So, All right. So last thing for tonight, we'll do a little quick overtime. Um, this is our old guy accountability episode. Rob, what's one thing you're going to do this year that you, you're going to put out there that you're like, you really want to do, right? It could be a concert, like a purchase, a trip, uh, you know, some kind of activity. I don't know. <laughs> what's don't one know. thing you're going to do you'd like to do this year? Well, I just got a new car, but that was because my old car got totaled. So that wasn't that oh, exciting a... in terms of purchase. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've, I've been pretty good. I mean, I've always gone to the gym, but I've been pretty mm-hmm. good about that this year. I got to do more like cardio and endurance training. I'm at that age. And I'm like, I, I like lifting weights. I got to do more just kind of healthy. Yeah like the boring exercise, the stuff that I don't enjoy. Um, it's fun in the summer when I can just get on my bike. I'm having a good time, but like I got to find other mm-hmm. ways to mix up and do just the the boring, keep the heart healthy, Yes. keep the lungs going. Yep. I, I got to do that more more than like once a week. I always do that on the days when I'm too lazy to lift. And I'm starting to mix in yep. more like two or three days a week, just like a half an hour on the bike in the winter. But I'm trying yep. to hold myself accountable for that. That's a really good one. Yeah. That's actually a good segue to one of my, mine is like, same thing. Last year, when I, I was going to do the Leadville race and I was so excited and it just was so motivating to keep me going all the time. Um, and this year I'm signed up for a race later in the year, but it's not anything of that 
sort of commitment level or, you know, um, but the last few months leading up to that last year, I did the thing like every day I did, you know, the little things, right. Just like 50 push-ups or, you know, some yoga or something, right. I was just very consistent every day in a way that I never would like, I just hadn't been in a long time. And I'd like to get back to that this year for sure. Um, the one thing for me, I just really want to go to a concert this year, Rob. I don't think I went to one in, or like maybe one or two in 2022, but I want to go to a couple this year. Um, yeah. that, that's one. I don't know. I've kind of let that slide. And, and ever since COVID, I feel like it's been like, I don't know. I just haven't gone back downtown and gone to things a little bit. And I, I don't know. You get to go to Newport in the summer, which is awesome, you know, but. Oh, did I tell you what happened with that? Like, no. Where I bought tickets and because Jessica's Jessica normally gets them, you gotta get them through this dice app and it's people freak out because it sells out in like four minutes. Um mm-hmm. but it's great because you go through this app and if you can't get tickets, you're immediately placed on the wait list and you do, it's like anti-scalping. So like it's frustrating because of scarcity, but it's very good when you look at the ticketmaster nonsense. Whatever. Oh, so long story short, Jess thought that she had a meeting, so she's like, Oh, can you do it? So I went and I got them, you know, I'm getting texts from my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, like, okay, we got tickets. So I was like, oh, I got four for Friday. Jessica texts, I got four for Friday. We messed up. We got all the stuff like out of sync. So now we've got twice as many tickets as we need. So we will be, oh. unless somebody wants them, like you or Drake oh. or somebody, we will yeah. be putting them on the wait list and just giving them to some people that were not so lucky. But, oh, that's awesome. Um, when is that? August, Rob? Uh, that's July. Is that August anyway? or July? It's July. It's last week in July. July. Right now, we just have Friday tickets. I think we're waitlisted for Saturday, Sunday. But I don't know. Oh, I think God. they announced. I think Camp was the first band, and that's you know oh, one of yeah. my favorite bands I like from Camp. last year. Yeah, I do too. So they're playing Friday. Um, Billy yeah. Strings was announced for Sunday, so that was a little bit mm-hmm. of a bummer. But we've already seen him. Um, the one show. Yes, yeah, so we got that. One the of the shows. schedule is pretty good this year. Is it okay? I gotta look. Yeah, I gotta look. Okay. The one I'd really like to go to is Morgan Wade. I think I've talked about this, but her two nights at 930 are already sold out. And I know she's playing in Charlottesville in May. So I'm, I don't know, trying to find a way to figure that out. Um, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah, a couple of these. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But that's one I want to hold myself accountable for this year and just put it out there in the, in the public public space somewhat so it's a good one yeah yeah that's all i got but um i don't know uh happy valentine's everybody i don't know weirdest holiday weirdest fake holiday have fun everyone um are your boys into this at all rob are they are they are they getting pressure from them no okay they're not not getting pressure from the middle school high school thing all right all right no that's good good to know good to know yeah um but we're hitting the home stretch. We got two weeks left in the hoop season. Both teams, like, just go watch the teams. I mean, I, if you can go to ODU this Thursday or Louisiana this Saturday for the men, it's going to be – it's really fun. Like, I don't know. Just go check it out. Uh, women come home. That last Friday, I, I wish I could get to that doubleheader on that last Friday where the women and men play – um, the last game of the, the regular season. So, yeah. 
yeah, that's going to be a really fun one, like a combined senior night. And definitely, I can tell you from this week, I mean, I, whatever softball, I mean, I'm looking forward to baseball, looking forward to more softball, but this lacrosse team, I, I'm looking forward to Wednesday night, getting to check them out a little, you know, on ACC Network right after work. So I, I got a feeling this team is really good. I Just watching this week, Bella Peterson, Rob, She's really good. <laughs> yeah, she is. Like, she is. really, really like player self. You know, like all American conversation. Yeah, like first team all American. Good. I mean, really, <laughs> really good. Um, you know, I mean, she handles a lot of the draw controls. In fact, I, what I was impressed with most, and I hope to see going forward, is just that they keep developing beyond her. Like, it, you know, you don't want them to stand and watch her. And they actually did mm-hmm. a good job against Carolina in like not doing that. They got out. They actually kind of. The beginning of the game, she was the only one doing anything, and then they kind of got out of that. I thought that was a real positive sign. So, I think this lacrosse team, you know, at you know, Carolina's a weird first game, but they're definitely like elite eight, final four, like that kind of good. If if they you know can stay healthy and stay on the same trajectory, and um, you know everything after that is we've seen it before. You never know what can happen. So. I think this is a good bandwagon to get on early this year. So yeah. we'll see. But um, yeah, let's all, we're aiming for Pensacola in two weeks, 200 days to football season. Um, and we'll see what happens. Rob, thank you for joining us. And uh, I don't know. We will talk again next week. Yeah, man. Have a good week, everybody. All right. Go Dukes. Drink.